Well, this is Thanksgiving weekend, and it's a, an opportune time to talk about, not turkeys, Thanksgiving. Right? The turkeys were brave this week. About nine of them were running around the property here, and I said, what's wrong with you? I mean, this is a season for a turkey. Now, one of the reasons I love Thanksgiving, um, and it's a great opportunity, and I, I just love the way the American nation celebrates Thanksgiving, and one of the main reasons is because it reminds me of the power of gratitude. Say so that there is power in gratitude. Two of the most beautifully sounding words in the English language are thank you. Thank you. When our children are growing up, some of the first words we ever teach them are please and thank you. Right? Please and thank you. And as we grow older, we don't want to lose that virtue. We certainly want to make it more and a, a part of our life. And whether it be thank you in English or gracias in Spanish or danke in Afrikaans or danke in German or it might be merci in French, right? Or evcharisto in Greek or toda in Hebrew, whichever one you prefer, grazie in Italian, um, Portuguese. We have some Portuguese watching online. Obrigado, right? And we have some Romanians in the house, Multumesc. Where are you, the Romanians? Multumesc. And um, yeah, we could go on for a while, right? But whatever term or expression, it really communicates gratitude and thankfulness and thanksgiving. Expressing our gratitude, I think, is as important as expressing our love. Now, in the New Testament, Paul the Apostle writes the following words, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, from verse 16. And he says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Say this with me. It is God's will that I be joyful always, that I be happy, that I pray continually, and that I give thanks in all circumstances. We're going to talk about giving thanks this morning. Thank you, Father, for your word. Now, we have much to be thankful for. Amen? If we go right back to the beginning of Thanksgiving, and it was kind of exciting for me to kind of delve in a little bit into how this whole thing happened. And really, there's only one account of Mr. William Bradford from that Plymouth colony that arrived. And one of the challenges, or what happened is, 401 years ago in October, 401 years ago, 1621, as you know, they arrived here in the United States, but they arrived a little bit too late in the season to plant crops, and so that first winter was really tough. More, almost half of the people that came across perished and died through lack of food and exposure. But then they planted seeds and whatever else and harvested crops, and they knew, hey, we'd reap that season, that fall season, enough to get us through right through that winter, stockpiled it, and they decided to have a thanksgiving and a celebration to thank God for His provision. And there were uh, their neighbors, the Wamponang, what, how do you say it? Wampanoag Indians, one of those, right? Wampanoag Indians. And they decided, well, we're going to join, and about 90 plus of them and about 53 of the pilgrims decided to have a thanksgiving feast for three days. And the Indians brought along the deer they hunted, and the uh, pilgrims brought along probably cornbread or something, I don't know, uh, you know, and I don't think they had turkey that first Thanksgiving. And they celebrated for three days. 
And it was a great celebration, and most everybody knows the history of the first Thanksgiving feast. But that's not the only part of the story. Because two years later, in the year 1623, it was a very dry year at the Plymouth Colony. There was a drought, and the pilgrims were worried that their crops would fail. And there wouldn't be enough food. But you know what? They had Thanksgiving anyway. Now, it wasn't a feast. It was a fast. When times were hard, they would take a day and not eat. And they did this because they wanted to focus totally on God as their provider. They thanked God for what He had given them and prayed for His help through the coming winter. When, whether the pilgrims had a lot to be, excuse me, whether they had lot or little, they showed God that they were grateful, but yet they committed themselves to prayer and fasting for God's provision. Makes me think of the scripture we just read, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. After all, God has already given His Son. He's taken the punishment for all our sin. And this is what the pilgrims are also grateful for. If God has given us His best, surely He's given us everything else, right? And so they committed themselves to fasting and prayer, and God got them through that, and they celebrated continually. And I'm so glad that we can then now celebrate Thanksgiving because of what took place then. But let's not draw away from the fact that they committed themselves to prayer. Paul says, be joyful always, pray about everything. And so we, it has now become our custom that twice a year as a ministry, we gather together for 21 days of prayer. We did so in August. We're going to do now again in January, 9th of January, Monday. I'm asking you, commit that to your calendar. Let's commit to pray the plan of God. God is working in our city. Let's not take our foot off the gas. Amen. We are His hands and feet, and He wants us to pray. So let's set aside time for prayer and fasting in January. I just thought I'd throw that in there so you can plan ahead. So what is the whole meaning of thanksgiving? The word thanksgiving and the intention of thanksgiving. If Really, thanksgiving is an act of expressing or feeling thankfulness. Whichever method you choose to express it at that point in time. It's something that you are grateful for. And if we look in Scripture, the theme of gratitude, thanks, thanksgiving runs throughout Scripture from the Old through to the New Covenant. And there are two words in particular in the Hebrew and in the Greek that are used to ex explain thanks. And I just want to highlight them here just so we get more of an understanding of what God is talking about. And in Hebrew, it's the word yad, Y-D-H. There were no vowels, yad, right? And what does that mean? It's used predominantly in the Old Testament and it really means acknowledging what is right about God in praise and thanksgiving. Acknowledging what is right about God in praise and thanksgiving. And we do that when we sing songs to Him. We acknowledge all the exciting things that He has done for us. What is good about Him. We sing about His greatness, His goodness, His majesty. We sing about the victory we have through Christ. That's what God wants us to be grateful for. And when Paul said, be thankful in all circumstance, he's not talking about look at the problem and say, God, oh, you know, I know I'm just a worm. Thank you that this problem is in my life. And you found time in the universe to bring this problem into my life to teach me a lesson. What kind of God are you talking about? 
No, God wants us to celebrate His goodness, His greatness, the victory. When you talk like that, God doesn't even know what you're talking about because He sees you as a mighty man, mighty woman of valor. He doesn't see you as someone hiding in a hole in the ground. He always talks to us as to how He made us and what He created us for. There is no defeat in God. There is no taking a step back and a setback. There's always a moving forward. And even though we get knocked back, we move forward because we are victorious through Christ. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about that. Hallelujah. So that's acknowledging the right, uh, what's right about God in praise and thanksgiving. And then the Greek word is eucharistio. Eucharistio. That's where the word Eucharist comes from. And you know the Holy Sacrament, Holy Communion. But it really means to show oneself grateful, to be thankful, to give thanks. It's a position of gratitude to someone who's greater than you. Thanks and thanksgiving in the Bible acknowledges God's greatness. It acknowledges His goodness and acknowledges His provision before all of creation. So what does that mean for me today? What does that mean for you and I today? What is this? Is there power in thanksgiving? Or does thanksgiving have some kind of benefit to it? Well, gratitude changes our attitude and our actions. You cannot be grateful and remain the same. It changes how we live. It's the power of a life living in gratitude, in thanks. Whether the blessings are small or great, expressing gratitude. I see it this way. When I was born, and I have photographs to prove it, I came with nothing. No luggage. No suitcase. And so everything that I have and have experienced is as a gift from God on this earth, right? I have news for you. The same happened with you. So everything that we have, everything good, no matter how big or small, we are to be grateful for and be, express gratitude to God for the blessings He's given us. You might say, well, you don't know the parents I had, but just be grateful that you were born and have the opportunity of being saved and born again into God's family. We were not made a mistake. Nobody on this planet is a mistake. Now, your birth might have been one of pain, and you might have been conceived in some kind of violent act, but that does not change God's plan for your life. Let's deal with those things so we can enjoy our tomorrows. Ephesians chapter 5, and here's some power of thanksgiving. Paul writes, verse 19, he says, Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to, your, to the Lord in your hearts. Now, if we pause there, what is God saying? The Word of God tells us, have a merry heart. Come on, those of you watching online, have a merry heart. The Holy Spirit in us enables us to have a merry heart. And verse 20 says, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. An attitude of gratitude. It's something that you and I have a choice in doing. It does not come naturally. You have to focus on the good in your life to be grateful. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to look up so we can see His goodness, His greatness, and what He has done in our lives, because then we can move forward. 
You can't make progress looking at what's going on around me. And I'm not mocking, bringing down, or being condescending in any shape or form. The problems we go through are there to massage our, ma- our faith muscles so it can become stronger in Christ. But really, God wants us to look up because greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And all those who are grateful said, Amen. Amen. So what's the importance of thanksgiving to God? Well, thanksgiving brings total deliverance from all the problems and troubles we have in life. It does. It sure does. Psalm 50 verse 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving. Offer. It's like an offering. We bring our best. If we give God only what's left, that's not our best. We need to give Him what is our first, right? The best. So he says, offer unto God your thanksgiving. It's a choice that I make. Offer unto God Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay your vows unto the Most High. Keep your word and call upon Him in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Is there anything we don't understand about I will deliver you? But it starts with giving gratitude. I know it's so easy to slip into this thing. Well, you know, when the blessing comes, I'll give thanks. If only God would give me more money, I'd be so grateful. The scripture says, be grateful for what you have and the blessing will come. Grateful and blessed. Not blessed and grateful. Grateful and blessed. If we focus on the gratitude and giving God thanks for who He is and what He has done, God will manifest in our lives. He inhabits the praises and the thanksgiving of His people. Is thanksgiving a command from God? Is it something that God demands? Well, thankfulness is the right response to God and His grace in our lives. And God wants us to give Him thanks, right? In 1 Thessalonians, in everything, give thanks. Paul is instructing us. But God doesn't need anything from you or me. Does God need my gratitude? Does He need my thanks? No. God has no needs He is self-sufficient. Let that sink in for a moment. We sometimes think God needs us. He has no needs. If He had a need, He would not be God, the all-sufficient one. But God does expect us to respond to who He is and what He has done for us with gratitude. In Psalm 100 verse 4 we read, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. We have so many reasons to thank God. Amen? Jesus is the greatest reason of all. We're going to be celebrating His birthday in a few weeks' time. I mean, December. What a wonderful month to be born in. Praise the Lord. I raise my hand. 14th. The month Jesus was born in. Da-da-da. Right? That's a good month. But we're grateful for that. We are grateful. And God says, when you come before me, come with thanksgiving. I want you to come telling me all the things that I've done for you, not because it makes God feel great. It's because it encourages us. It brings faith into our hearts. It shows us what he is and who he is. And it puts confidence in you that when you approach him, you already know what he's going to be saying. Because how can you give God thanks for something you don't know about him? In other words, thanksgiving enables us and gets us to a point where we recognize who God is and what he has done in our lives. Okay, I'm excited about that. How do we express thanks to God? Well, let me maybe give you five points here that you could use. The first one is to remember Him. Remember God. I mean, when I'm married, I put on a ring, and every time I look at it, I remember my wife. 
It's a, it's a testament. It's a memorial before me. I love her. I'm so glad she chose me. And I better just keep on being good so that she keeps on choosing me. Right? <laughs> it's encouraging, motivating. And in the same way, we need to remember the Lord. I mean, Jesus said, as often as you do this, talking about Holy Communion, do this in remembrance of me. God encourages us to remember what he has done for us. King David reminded the Israelites of what God had delivered them so that they can move into their future. Remember what he's done and be grateful. Secondly, do his will and serve others. In other words, have a generous heart. Our Father is a generous God. God so loved the world that he gave. His love for you can't help but give. So we should give of ourselves, our time, and everything that God has given us, the very resource that we have, a smile, whatever it might be. Let's make a difference in our community. And praise God for all the people who will be able to help this, this particular time of the year. Amen? Number three, express gratitude to others for what God has done for you. Talk freely about what God has done for you. Psalm 105 says, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. Proclaim means talk it out. Let the whole world know what He has done. Tell everyone about His wonderful deeds. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. In other words, testify. We sing that song, testify. Just tell God, people how good God is to you. It's amazing how many people want to tell people how bad God is to them. If only God would do this hope, wishing, and all that. No, no. It's so refreshing to hear someone say, you know what God has done for me? Let me brag on my heavenly Father. Amen? Number four, choose to be humble and exalt Him. Humble yourself in the sight of God and He shall lift you up. Now, humility is not running, making yourself worth less because you're worth the life of Jesus. And that is a tremendous price that's paid. But humility is acknowledging the one whose presence you're in, the greatness of God whose presence you're in. So when we come before God, acknowledging Him, praising Him, worshiping Him, we are humbling ourselves in the sight of all that He is and the magnificence that we see all around Him. So when we give our testimony, we talk, I'm, Jesus made me worthy. That's why God does this for me. Amen? And number five, pray His will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So in other words, we pray from a heart of gratitude. We pray from a position of, God has got this. He has done this because His Word tells me this. I can stand firmly on that. I praise you, Father. I thank you that you take care of this problem. Right? Remember Him. Do His will. Serve others. Express gratitude. Tell others what He's done for you. Remain humble and exalt Him and pray His will be done. So how does thanksgiving strengthen our faith? Does it do that? Well, certainly, when we are thanking God, we have a heart of gratitude. This invigorates our prayer life. Thanksgiving lifts us up to give us a more positive perspective. When you know God is in your corner, you can walk like, De devil, come again. What was that? God's standing right behind you, Ryan. What's that, devil? You want to know what? Let me just show you your future. Right, God, show him. Look, <laughs> bit of fire. Get out the way, devil. Coming through, big brother behind me, right? 
Gratitude gives you that attitude. Does God love thanksgiving? Sure. Our God loves gratitude. A thankful heart and a voice lifted up to God in thanks gets heaven's attention. We'll read Psalm 105, 106, 107, but all three of them start off with give thanks to God and proclaim His greatness. Give thanks to God. Give thanks to God. It is a central theme throughout Scripture. Thanksgiving is not just a holiday. It's meant to be a lifestyle. Amen? Is, is Thanksgiving a form of worship? Well, Thanksgiving is an act of worship as central as worship can be. Right? Because we worship His greatness. Now, if we bring all of this together, let's have a look at the life of Jesus. Did He display gratitude? Remember, He walked the earth like one of us. He's a man. And we, I want to highlight three particular instances where Jesus gave thanks. And let's have a look at the difference it made, not only in His life, but in the life of people. The first one is John chapter 11 and verse 41. Jesus said, when He raised Lazarus from the dead... He's about to bring life to a dead body. And he says, Father, thank you that you hear me when I pray. Lazarus, come forth. So what happened? Loose him. Right? But he said, thank you that you hear me when I pray. We express gratitude because God hears you when you pray. Secondly, Jesus, when announcing the new covenant that has been ratified through His blood on the night of Holy Communion, the Last Supper, as we celebrate Holy Communion, He took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them and said, This is my body which is given for you. Luke 22. Jesus gave thanks just before going to the cross. And the third one, and I'd like to explore this just for a few moments, a few minutes, that we'll, we've heard this event so many times, and some of you are quite a fair with it, maybe you haven't heard it before, but Jesus fed the multitudes. And one of those particular accounts is in John chapter 6, and here in John we read the feeding of the 5,000. The Bible gives us a number of 5,000. And we know that story well, a massive crowd is hungry, and the disciples are frantic, running around, you know, looking at all they can get together. Five rolls, five loaves, probably what, that briole, roche, bread, whatever, I mean, five loaves and two fish. Can you imagine, I think anxiety was part of their day, right? That's all they could locate, but clearly understand that this five loaves and two fish was woefully in significant in meeting the needs of this hungry crowd. Now, after seating everybody down, Jesus does the following, verse 11. He says, Jesus, then he took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Praise God, on Thursday, you could go for seconds, thirds, maybe even fourths, right? You had more than you wanted. Here, they ate as much as they wanted, 5,000 people from five little loaves and two fish. Now, did you catch it? Amen. Jesus takes a loaf of bread, the most meager of resources, fully insufficient to even begin meeting the need of 5,000 people, 
But instead of praying to God for a great miracle or crying out to God for all that they don't have or asking God to somehow meet the needs of all that are gathered before Him or even focusing on the lack that we don't have enough. But in the face of such overwhelming want, Jesus does something quite remarkable. He gives thanks. Now let's be careful here. We might... Let's not misinterpret what Scripture doesn't say. We might be tempted to think that somehow he gave thanks because God was about to do a miracle. But that might be adding to the Scriptures. I want to highlight this. We're told that here he lifts up this simple loaf of bread, gives thanks in front of this massive crowd to the Heavenly Father for what he has provided for. And then just distributes it. Evidently, family, evidently, what we are grateful for will multiply in our lives. So that what I'm grateful for will multiply in my life. Grateful and blessed. We want multiplication in our lives of all good things. Well, let's start with a heart of gratitude and let's practice thanks and thanksgiving. This is the model we get out of this. And I believe that Jesus demonstrates a heart of holy contentment. Jesus knows that God is enough. And as long as the Father is enough, what He provides will always be more than adequate to meet the needs before Him. And then the last thing I really want to mention is, as far as thanksgiving, it refreshes us. We are refreshed through thanksgiving. The Psalm 92, Psalm of David, verse 1, 2, and then 10 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and your faithfulness in the evening. Remember Jesus said, remember me? Verse 10 says, But you have made me as strong as a wild ox, praise the Lord. You have anointed me with the finest oil. What that says is every time I'm grateful, practice gratitude, I live a lifestyle of thanksgiving that God refreshes the anointing oil on my life. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit gets stale. What it means is it continually reminds me of who He is and I am refreshed and re revitalized every time I spend time with my God. God's blessing me when I thank Him. Spirit, soul, body, family, financially, in every way. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Can we give Him thanks? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank You. We worship You. You are a good God. And it says, For His mercy endures forever. Praise God. I need that mercy. Hallelujah. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so who He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Is anyone here this morning that's excited, ignited, empowered, enthused, thanks, thankful, gratitude flowing out of your heart? God has redeemed you. <laughs> Hallelujah. If God only just saved us from eternal damnation, we would have been grateful. But He didn't only save us. He provided a home and a mansion in heaven prepared for you. And an eternity and a future and everything that you desire, heart's desires and then some. You can't even imagine what He's provided for you. I think we can just be grateful. And all He wants you to do is just say thank you. Hmm. If I may use this 
story to illustrate an attitude of gratitude and how thanksgiving can become a lifestyle when we identify who God has made us. A young woman went to her grandmother and told her about her life and how things were a little bit hard for her at this time. She did not know how she was going to make it, and she wanted just to give up, you know. She was tired of fighting and struggling. Can anyone connect with that here? Right? We've gone through some tough times. And her grandmother took her to the kitchen, and she filled three pots with water. And in the first pot, she placed carrots. And in the second pot, she placed eggs. And into the third pot, she put some ground coffee beans. She turned on the stove. And 20 minutes later, she turned it off. She fished out the carrots and placed them in a bowl, fished out the eggs, put them in a bowl, and she took a ladle, scooped some coffee out, and poured it in a mug. Turning to her granddaughter, she said, Tell me, what do you see? Well, carrots, boiled eggs, and coffee, she replied. She brought her closer and asked her to feel the carrot. She did note that it got soft. Then she asked to take an egg and break it, and she did. And after peeling the eggshell, she observed the hard-boiled egg on the inside. Finally, she asked her, take a sip of coffee. The granddaughter smiled as she tasted the flavor and the rich aroma. Oh, this is a good cup of coffee. Then the granddaughter then asked, so, Nana, what's the point? I mean, hmm. The grandmother explained, each of these objects faced the same adversity. The heat, the fire, the boiling water, each reacted differently, however. The carrot went in strong, hard, and unrelenting. I'm going to do this. I'll do it my way. Step aside, everyone. However, after being subject to the boiling water, it softened and became weak, succumbing and conforming to the external pressures. The egg was fragile. The thin outer shell had protected its soft, liquid interior. But after sitting through the heat, the fire, the boiling water, its inside became hardened. The ground coffee beans were unique, however. After they were subjected to the heat, the fire, the boiling water, the coffee beans had changed the water. Which are you, she said to her. Today I'm asking us, which one are we? When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a carrot, an egg, or the ground coffee bean? Am I the carrot, which is strong in my own strength, but with pain, with adversity, external pressures? I take my eyes off of my Creator, and I become soft, and I lose my strength, and I conform. Am I the egg that starts off with a malleable, soft, tender heart? But changes with the heat. Did I have a soft, tender, and fluid spirit before the Lord, but a death of a loved one? Someone taking my seat at church, being offended by someone talking ugly to me, or maybe my prayer was not answered the way I wanted it? Did financial hardship, whatever it is, did I start becoming hard and firm on the inside, no longer tender before the Lord? Have I become hardened and stiff? Does my outside shell look the same, but on the inside, I've had a stiff spirit and a hard heart. Or am I like the, the ground coffee bean 
The coffee bean changes the hot water. The very circumstance, it brings the pain. And when the water gets hot, the coffee bean says, Ho, I've been created for such a time as this. This is my moment. I mean, what is a coffee bean without hot water? You know? It only shines when it's ground, when it's pushed in, when things are worked on it. And it kind of opens up so that all that is inside, the gifts, talents, and skills, all that rich aroma, when we put in the heat in the fire, we can change the circumstance around us. And you know, it's no longer recognized as water. It is now called Columbia Coffee. The humble coffee bean definitely is in heaven. Praise the Lord. So if you're like the bean, when things are at their worst, you give thanks to God for the victory that you have done. The coffee bean said, praise God. I have been ground. It is my moment to shine. And it was put in there. We are like that ground coffee bean. But we can only do that when we keep eyes on the Lord Jesus. Amen. So when the hours are at their darkest and the trials around you seem the hardest, that's the time for us to elevate to another level. Can I have an amen, someone? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 105, 106, 107 start in this way. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Oh, give, it says, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. 106, praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. 105 verse 2 says, Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. 106 says, Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can ever praise him enough? 107, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Are there any thankful people in the house here this morning? Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands together and say this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Thank you for providing for me. You're such a good God. I celebrate your goodness. I celebrate your sovereignty. I celebrate who you are. Oh, your mercy is new every morning. I just love you, Lord. Thank you that I'm part of this family. Oh, hallelujah. I love you. Thanks for providing for me, taking care of me in every way. Thank you, taking care of our families, Lord. We honor you. Thank you that the angel of the Lord encamps about us, protecting us in all our ways. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we give him praise and thanksgiving, family? Hallelujah. be remiss for us not to stand up at this time if you join me and those of you watching online I encourage you to stand let's sing gratitude to our God while we sing this song and pour out a gratitude from our hearts knowing that he is worthy and that he inhabits the praises of his people those of you that have been going through tough times we as brothers and sisters in Christ want to agree with you in prayer if you want prayer tough time has come against you let's be like that coffee bean and change the environment through the power of Jesus come forward while we sing this song come forward here you can sing the song in the front and then we'll pray with you or you just feel the spirit of God is on you want to give God praise and thanks in a special way come forward you want prayer come forward as we sing this song thank you Pastor Nick
such a good God. I just want everybody in front, let's all say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're a good God and all good things come from you. Where two or more agree, Jesus said, it shall be done for them by the Father in heaven. I stand on your word. I thank you for my healing. I thank you for providing, excuse me, thank you for providing for me. I honor you, I give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, I worship you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Good, thanks. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, join hands, please. Join, you join hands. Thank you for your anointing and blessing upon us, God. They've laid their hearts bare before you, Lord, and I can see you're working in them, Lord. They're like that ground coffee bean. It's their moment to shine in Jesus' name. Thank you for showing yourself mighty on their behalf, Lord. In the name of Jesus, provision flows. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of them in every way. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for giving James guidance and direction. He knows exactly what to do. You've called him for great things. Mighty man of valor, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for fresh anointing, my brother. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel it flowing now, Father. Thank you. Yes, thank you for your presence. There we go. Thank you, Spirit. Oh, I worship you, Lord. Thank you. So grateful. Thank you for showing yourself mighty on his behalf and yet so tender and loving. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for enveloping him in your love. Your mercy and your grace knows no bounds in his life. Oh, your provision, your safety, taking care of him in every way. Thank you for a God encounter in his life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Never to be the same again. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
spirit of death, you leave him now in Jesus' name. Jesus is the giver of life. Thank you, Lord. Tristan grows up to be a champion for the cause of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We seem saved worshiping you in Jesus' name. provider. You take care of me in every way. You're a good God. I celebrate your goodness. I receive financial provision. I call it in in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for taking care of them, providing a place to live. Thank you for work. Thank you for abundance flowing through them. And they give you a great testimony of your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my sister. She's such a grateful person. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon her now. Presence overflows her, takes care of everything, spirit, soul, body, in every way. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you trusting God? Let's raise our hands. Say this with me. Jesus himself. Say that. Jesus, all my sicknesses carried my diseases in his own body on the cross by his wounds I am healed and made whole Parkinson's disease you are not mine Jesus bore it for me healing you are mine Jesus gave it to me I receive it now in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Jesus Thank you, Lord. Setting free. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Is there anything specific you ask of God? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this family. A great testimony to your goodness and your grace. And thank you for unity and restoration in this family. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for giving them the right words to speak in the midst of turmoil. Spirit of God, you guide and direct our speech. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you for your blessing upon my brother. Thank you. His heart is made whole. His spirit longs for you and his heart is celebrating your healing, your presence. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. showing a sign of praise but also surrender to God, right? As you spend time with God, His fruit grows in you. And that anger, this 
feeling of uh, whatever is driving you, we'll leave. Okay, Asha. We're going to pray, but you're going to keep giving thanks. When you feel the pressure coming, you raise your hands up and say, Father, I thank you. You are my God. You keep me strong. You keep me on the right path. You provide for me. Can you read the word? Can you do that? Thank you, Lord. Command this anger. Believe in Jesus' name. The devil, you may not have this boy. He belongs to God. He's a champion for the cause of Jesus. God has invested much into you, Asher. celebrate your goodness. I give you praise. Thank you for empowering me, giving me the strength that I need to serve you with a whole heart, spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name. that they be filled with the knowledge of God's will. I pray the same. That is their heart's desire. They seek first your will, your desire, what you want done in their lives, Father. Thank you for your mercy and grace upon them. I believe they hear the voice of the good shepherd, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. They are filled with your knowledge, your wisdom, and have understanding of what it is you've called them to do. In Jesus' name, we agree and it's done. Thank you, Father. Jesus name. Amen. Say thank you, Lord. We know exactly what to do next. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Word of God is true. Amen.